Hello and welcome to today's episode of Living Wild Outdoors. I'm your host, Jake Regan, and on today's episode, we're going to take a little bit of a different approach. Although we're going to stay on the topic of hunting, we're going to come at it from a little bit of a different angle. As many of you know, back in November of 2020, there was an election where one of the ballot initiatives aimed towards reintroducing gray wolves in the state of Colorado. Now, I have to say, I am very passionate and vocal about this topic. So, with that being said, anything aside from facts that I am about to say is solely my opinion. All research that has been done on this topic and facts that have been pulled and implemented into today's podcast come from none other than Colorado Parks and Wildlife, otherwise known as CPW. Now, I've done a little bit of extensive research on this topic, and after furthering my research, I still feel the way I do about this issue. So, without further ado, let's get right to it. Proposition 114. That was the ballot initiative that was voted on in 2020 to reintroduce gray wolves west of the Continental Divide in Colorado. Now, anybody who is a native to this beautiful state can understand that the heaviest voting population by county in the state of Colorado would be that of the city and county of Denver, as well as El Paso County and Arapahoe counties. And not too far down the list falls Boulder County. This means that the majority of those votes to pass Proposition 114, which would ultimately reintroduce wolves to the state of Colorado, no later than December 31st of 2023, were placed in those four counties. Now, I'm not trying to attack voters in those counties. I am simply stating facts. The governor of our state, Jared Polis, released in a press conference with Colorado Parks and Wildlife that he would like to see these wolves this year. On a side note, for those of you who are uneducated on the topic, we already have wolves. And you might say, well, I've never seen a wolf in Colorado. Well, that is because there are only about six to eight wolves, according to CPW. Two wolves migrated to northern Colorado, Jackson County to be exact, one in 2019 and the other in 2021. Oddly enough, the two wolves that migrated here, one was a female and the other was a male. These wolves migrated down from Wyoming, naturally, and had pups, forming the first known wolf pack in Colorado since the 1940s. Now, if you listened to my last podcast, you would know that my grandfather saw these wolves firsthand. So we know they're there. A little bit more on Proposition 114. This proposition is now known as State Statute 33-2-105.8. And this statute directs CPW to develop a plan to reintroduce wolves west of the Continental Divide in Colorado no later than December 31st of 2023, as stated earlier. This proposition also directs CPW to use state funds to assist livestock owners and compensate them for lost livestock due to wolf attacks. Now, here's the issue I have with that. 
The state will provide funding for livestock owners that lose a cow, for example. Well, what's to say that cow is not pregnant? So yes, the livestock owner is being compensated for the cow that got killed. But what about the calves it was about to give birth to? Believe it or not, cattle reproduction is worth a lot of money. Not only will that rancher be paid for the cow by you know, the meatpacking plant or the butcher that he sells it to, but also the beef produced by the calves when they are old enough. Anybody who has knowledge on ranching or has spent time on a ranch understands that with cattle comes a cattle dog, right? Now, we all know the relationships we have with our furry friends, and in my mind, there is no amount of compensation anyone could give me for my loyal companion being killed by a wolf. You might ask where I'm getting all this nonsense, and, well, here's the answer. Since that proposition was passed in 2020, there have been multiple wolf attacks on livestock and ranch pets. A rancher had his dog brutally killed by a wolf trying to protect the cattle. This is a known fact because the male wolf, also known as Wolf 2101, has a GPS collar which traced it to that gentleman's ranch the night of his dog's attack and ultimately death. So although these wolves migrated here, they are being tracked by Colorado Parks and Wildlife. As of October 29, 2020, gray wolves were removed from the Federal Endangered Species List. They were not, however, removed from the State of Colorado's Endangered Species List. That being said, they are still a protected species in the State of Colorado. Now, much like myself, any outdoorsman that hunts would say that we could manage the wolf population by creating a wolf hunting season as soon as they reintroduce the wolves, which has been a topic of conversation and a frequently asked question to Colorado Parks and Wildlife. So that is true in some sense. As per CPW, once a wolf population is established in Colorado and has thrived long enough to where the numbers are beginning to get out of hand, there is a chance that a wolf hunting season can actually be a real thing, just like every other population in the state, that of elk, uh, deer. We have to manage populations, and wolf being wolves sorry, being at the top of the food chain, there's no predator that will ever seek them, except for humans. So for now, it's not a thing, and... I will give you a little piece of information that might aid you if you're thinking about trying to go out and hunt one of these animals because you're pissed off that they're reintroducing them. Whether you're a hunter, a farmer, or a rancher in Colorado, the penalty for killing a gray wolf in the state is punishable by a minimum fine of $2,000. It is also punishable by a maximum fine of $100,000 or one year in county jail, or a combination of a fine and jail time. Now, I don't know about you, but I personally don't have that kind of money, nor do I want to spend a year in the Jackson County Jail. And if you've ever been to Jackson County, you will understand why. Don't get me wrong, I love Jackson County. It's a beautiful county, um, but there's nothing out there. And 
to be stuck in jail would kind of suck. So now on to the funding for this reintroduction of Grey Wolves. The funding came at a little bit of a, a relief to me because as you know, I'm not the most fond of this proposition as many people aren't. The reintroduction of wolves will not, and I repeat, will not be funded by the sales of hunting and fishing licenses. Now, anybody who buys hunting and fishing licenses understands that there are numerous fees associated with those licenses, as I talked about in my last podcast, for things such as search and rescue and wildlife conservation. However, the state has allotted $1.1 million from the Colorado General Fund for the reintroduction of gray wolves. So as you can see, there are a lot of impacts associated with the reintroduction of these animals. Not only financial impacts, but economical impacts as well. My first thought when I saw that wolves were going to be quote-unquote reintroduced to Colorado, and I hate that word because, as I said many times before, they're not being reintroduced. You cannot reintroduce something that is already inhabited in Colorado. Anyhow, aside from that, my first thought was the elk population. Now, being a, a big elk hunter myself, this, this is something that I worried about. But to my surprise, in my research, I found a statistic on CPW's website that stated Colorado has the largest elk herd in the world. Now, I find that hard to believe, but it is on a government website, and CPW is a pretty reputable source when it comes to information about wildlife and conservation and elk herd population numbers because they count them every year. They use statistics from hunting licenses, and if you've ever finished a hunting season and got that annoying phone call at the end about your big game hunting survey that who knows how many people actually take those surveys. Um, I know they're pretty persistent in calling you if you don't take those surveys um, because they want to know. And that helps them with population management, numbers, things like that. Anyways, as of 2018, there was an elk population in the state of Colorado of 287,000 elk. That's a, a lot of elk. And I understand it's been a few years since then, and as you know, many elk licenses have been sold and filled since then, but there's also been breeding going on. Every year, big game animals undergo a process that is called the rut, and the rut is the breeding time for these animals. So usually they rut in the late fall, winter time, and early in the spring, the calves are born, and they usually will stay with their mothers for the rest of the year before venturing out on their own. And even then, most, most elk stay with their what's called resident herd. So there are herds around the state that typically stay 
in the same area and they might migrate out a little bit but they always return to that one area it's like a hot spot for that herd and that is how certain GMUs or game management units have the populations that they have because these elk form resident herds elk are very smart and they start to learn where they can go to be safe and you know when you're hunting you might be like why the heck are these elk always on the private land because the elk know that they can't be hunted there and that is why most of the time the big gigantic bull elk are never seen because they're always in the heavy timber and that's why they get so big because they're smart they know where they can go and stay out of sight to where they can still you know live their lives and be that big bull elk but they're not going to be seen by the hunting population because they're always in the deep dark timber and if you're tr chasing a, a big elk you want a trophy bull that's where you have to go to get them occasionally you might see a big elk out in the open passing through a park or over a ridge to get from one piece of thick timber to another piece of thick timber but that's that's where they reside because they don't like being out in the open and elk in general don't like being out in the open because they know when it's that time of year they, they have this sense that there's something after them and they don't want that now my parting thought for today is this they want to reintroduce wolves right why don't we reintroduce wolves in those counties that voted for them? As someone who appreciates livestock and big game animals, I feel it makes sense and would actually be very comical to put these wolves in the city and see how it affects the lives of those people who voted for this proposition because they have a chance to maybe see a wolf when they go to the mountains. Think about that when you take your next walk or you go to the grocery store. Imagine encountering a wolf in the city. It would scare the shit out of you, wouldn't it? Well, as big and bad as these ranchers are, they hate wolves. And hunters hate wolves because they are an apex predator. There is nothing out there besides humans that have a threat on these wolves and so for people to to vote on this being uneducated about what wolves do to our ecosystem and how wolves affect the lives of ranchers in my opinion is very selfish and i'm sure if you went and talked to any rancher or livestock owner and asked them how they felt about this proposition I can guarantee you that they are not a fan so again you have now understood my thoughts um, on the reintroduction of wolves and we are going to end this podcast today with a quick reminder that the 2022 big game application process has opened and will remain open until April 5th at 8 p.m. Mountain Time. So keep that in mind if you're thinking about applying for some hunting tags 
um, you got about a month. Your results will be posted online May 31st through June 3rd, and your payment deadline for those tags that you've drawn is due midnight on June 17th. Do not forget to go out and put in for your licenses. And again, if you like our content and you want to give us a follow on social media, it is always greatly appreciated. We're going to have some great content coming out for you starting here next month in April with the turkey season rolling around. Uh, We did draw a couple turkey tags, so we will be out chasing those gobblers around. So please be on the lookout for that on our YouTube channel. Go subscribe so you don't miss any content. We will also be posting updates for the draw process as well as season dates, fun pictures recapping our hunts here at Living Wild Outdoors on our Instagram and Facebook page, as well as our website. If you like our content, you can also visit our website at livingwildoutdoors.com. Check out our line of official Living Wild Outdoors merchandise. It is super cool. Um, Lots of people have been ordering stuff and they love the products. Um, I feel they've been coming out very clean, very nice, um, super reliable. And you can always reach out to our contact page if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for our next podcast. That's all I got for you on this month's edition of the Living Wild Outdoors podcast. I want to thank you all again for listening and wish you all a happy hunting. We'll see you guys next month on Living Wild Outdoors. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.